Hello and welcome to another episode of the We Call It Soccer show. I'm Walker Manning, joined by my guy, Michael Fahey. How you doing today, bud? Wake I'm up, great. Wake I'm up. great. How are you? I'm great wake as well. Up, I'm great up, as well. You, um, love to hear what's not so great, though, our picks last week. In Champions League, we were, we were fantastic, almost to a T, but the Premier League did not show us the same <laughs> fortune at all. <laughs> Kickoff the weekend. We were on the wrong side of Crystal Palace, Newcastle. Steve Bruce and his men did the proverbial smash and grab. Two goals in two minutes in the 88th and 90th minute by Kyle Wilson and Joe Ellington. Two signings that at the time when they were signed, people laughed at them both, including us. (laughs) And what do you know? They grab another three points and they sit at 13th. Firmly outside the relegation spots, above Crystal Palace. Um, what do you think? Uh, yeah, just Newcastle nipped it at the end. Really shocking, you know. It kind of looked like it was gonna end in a draw. Um, Crystal Palace had moments throughout the game where it looked like they could have taken it, but they never really uh, were able to. I mean, I didn't really seem like it to me, but. Newcastle did have more shots and more on target. So I guess deserved win. Uh, The spoils just came a little bit late in the two very late goals. But uh, yeah, just good win for Newcastle. I don't think going into it, they would have expected to get three points. But being able to get three points definitely has to be a huge boost for them. Yeah, for sure. And um, as as for Crystal Palace... Two games, no Zaha. Two games, no points. So, um, yes. Eberichi, Ezi, Jordan Ayu, um, Townsend. They got Van Anholtz back. They, it's not like they don't have players. They just got to step it up. They can't all be relying on that one man. Yeah. I feel like he needs a transfer. He's too good for him, but I don't know. It's uh, not looking good over there. No. Next game on the weekend, another result we were on the wrong side of, except you did have a little prop bet. Um, had the little Diego Jota to score. Diego Jota to score. Um, he did so in the 60th minute. But um, this game ended in a draw, 1-1. Yeah. Lots of controversy. Lots of VAR involved. Uh, a missed penalty to kick things off with Neil, the crybaby, Mopai. Mo Salah, a toe off sides for a goal in the 35th. Same with Sadio Mane in the 84th. Liverpool were just on the wrong side of people's toes, I guess. This is, this is ridiculous. And then um, the penalty that they gave Danny Welbeck, I think, was equally ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a pen. I guess. Very soft. Danny Welbeck even said it was soft. But um, Pascal Gross shot it right down the middle and got the draw for Brighton. What do you think? Uh, yeah, crazy. Just crazy game. Multiple VAR inter- interferences or intervening. Uh, multiple injuries. Um, and just a crazy ending 
before another very bad thing for Liverpool is James Milner mm. was taken off with an injury. Um, definitely the last person at this point I think they wanted to lose. Their Swiss Army knife could literally fit in anywhere. And uh, we'll see how long he's out for. But, um, yeah, I mean, this was VAR stole the show. And this one, um, just the penalty with Brighton, it's a pen, but extremely soft. Uh, but it is a pen, so I guess VAR got it right. The two offsides, I mean, they're offsides if you wanna if you want to nitpick about it, but they shouldn't be just so... Just the margins are ridiculous. Uh, but it happens. Uh, and my favorite part about this game was Jurgen Klopp afterwards completely just losing his shit. Um, <laughs> he's, he's falling apart at the seams. He, he's going he's gonna to have no hair by the time the season's over and nothing makes me happier. Uh, just getting into an argument with the reporter about how he doesn't care about his football opinion if he thinks that was a penalty. How uh, just <laughs> and he's no, this is your fault. This is your fault that we're playing at this time. We have to yeah. wake up three hours early because of people like you, the networks. It's just uh, he. Oh my god, he's lost it. He's absolutely lost it. And oh my god, it'll be exciting to see where they go from here. because uh, he lost it. It's yeah. I mean. Hilarious, hilarious. So, good job, Brighton. Um, you were handed a gift and you took it. So, good job. Maybe Liverpool deserved it. That's what Klopp certainly thinks. Um, but they didn't get it. So, what are you gonna do? But good job, Brighton. What are you gonna do? You know, um, <laughs> yeah, you're in Klopp losing his shit at the reporter post game is <laughs> is comedy. It's just and, it's hilarious. Him clapping at the line oh, judge yeah. who was on the after. other side of the field that had nothing to do with it. After the walks penalty. up to him and starts clapping. Like if I was lying, I'd be like, dude, I can't even see it. Like, what are you doing to <laughs> Get me? Get away from me. <laughs> oh my God. Uh I mean you feel bad for him, like I guess. You feel yeah, I don't feel bad for him. I feel bad for the players, I guess, because they have to play so often. So Mm-hmm. I, every, games every three days for the whole year that's that's a bit rough but to that same light all the big clubs are doing the same thing so yeah. um shut up you know just that mid-table shut mentality up. from liverpool what could you expect Basically, uh, i don't think they'll be hanging on a second too much longer that's that's <laughs> what i expect yeah, um, i agree nice game on the weekend though spot on with this result Manchester City 5, Burnley 0. This is what we do. This is what Riyad Mahrez does. Um, his last hat trick in the Premier League for Leicester was against Burnley. This hat trick for Man City against Burnley. He had an amazing day. Just three wonderful goals. A header by Riyad Mahrez as well. Something you don't see too often. Ben Mendy got involved in the attack as he always does. But this time he was really, really productive. He had... An amazing game, and I know against teams that can really be deadly on the counterattack, it's going to fuck us, but um, if he can bring that to the attack every week, you know, maybe look at Joao on the right, him on the left. That could, I feel like that could be more productive if he's going to play like this. Uh, Torres also had a nice goal. 
Burnley really, you know, they were just outclassed. Nothing they could do about it. It was good to see Man City bring their shooting boots for once. So um, if that can continue into the Champions League and into our our other matches going forward, then, you know, that, that'll be... I'll be good because um, if you look at the rest of the table, we got a game in hand, you know, Fulham next. That's a win in hand. Um, 18 points. That's, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. What do you think? Um, Yeah. Um, City came out and absolutely just dominated them. Uh, Feel bad for Burnley. Just, just erupted on them. Like, six minutes in until the 90th minute just nothing they could do about it um unlucky to get a goal canceled at the very end uh but yeah they they had to have even if they weren't thinking it they were thinking it that they were coming into this game to walk out with a result like this so you just gotta pick your head up and move on to the next one city did their job they showed up they played well mendy uh played really well had a nice little goal and like you said uh, Mares, just man of the hour. Great, great hat trick. Really good player. Um, but hopefully, like you, and as you did say, his last hat trick was against Burnley. So maybe he's not just, uh, or hopefully for, for City, he's not just feeding off the bottom teams with all his uh, stats. Hey, that year Burnley finished like eighth. They it's won still the Premier Burnley. League, bro. That they do. They're a top half team. John <laughs> Dyke had them firing all cylinders. All right, all right. All gas, uh, no brakes. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, City did what City should have done. So good job, uh, Burnley. On to the next. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, they just got to pick their head up and move on from this one because you know they got their first three points. They can't let let this buzzsaw derail the momentum that they had. Yeah. Next game on the weekend was another game. We were on the wrong side of, uh, I lost faith in Marcelo and his, and his genius. And I have learned my lesson now. Um, Leeds United won Everton zero. And to be completely honest, it could have been Leeds United 5, Everton 2. Um, not to say Everton didn't have their chances, of course, but Leeds United had chance after chance after chance after chance, and they just did not put them away. Five big chances created, five big chances missed, opposed to Everton's 2-2. Two and two. The goal that finally broke the deadlock was scored by the man of the match, uh, Rafinha. He's looking to be a wonderful signing already. Um, he like looks like he's going to pass it, but then he says, nah, just going to take this one myself. Slots at bottom corner. It was beautiful. He was bothering the keep all day and, uh, possibly candidate for co-man in the match. Jan Maissier, the, uh, young French goalkeeper, 20 years old, eight saves, five from inside the box. He claimed an aerial ball, and he was just a brick wall in front of the Leeds United net. And um, it was it was a really good performance from Leeds. Uh, Everton, they uh, 
they were outclassing this one. Sorry to say, uh, I think Bielsa got the best of Ancelotti here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely, uh, Leeds deserve to, um, at a very minimum, get points from this one, but they definitely deserve the win. Um, Rafinha's goal, really well taken, really well placed, bottom corner, no problem. Some people would have said maybe Pickford should have done better. Um, I am one of those people because I don't like him, but uh, there's a good place shot, deserved a goal. Um, and yeah, just Everton on this day were not, were unlucky, not as unlucky as Leeds, though. Um, Hamas had a really good goal that was called offsides, um, then just kind of snowballed. But Patrick Bamford did not play all that well. Um, if I remember correctly, I think he had a couple of those big chances that he missed personally. Mm-hmm. Um, just and you know, if he's on his normal form, hopefully he can, he would have scored those if he was being normal, Patrick, but. He didn't, and I think Leeds uh, are fortunate that Rafinha picked up some slack there. So, uh, yeah, it's a good, good win. Good win for Leeds. Yeah, good win for Leeds. Um, Bamford needs to pick it up if he wants to retain that spot because Leeds got, Leeds got depth up front. Um, next game on the weekend, the winner of the Vince Lombardi title. West Bromwich Albion won. Sheffield United zero. Um, This was the battle of the worst teams in the Premier League, two of the worst teams. And West Brom got the three points over Sheffield United, who should really be kicking themselves over this one because... Um, they created six big chances and they missed all six of them. Two of them missed by big money signing Ollie McBurney. Uh, the other ones missed by um, Mousset missed one, Brewster missed one. I don't know who missed the other two, but that's just absolutely atrocious to create six big chances and not get a win. Uh, good for West Brom though. Good for Billich and his men. Nice step forward. Uh, Chris Wilder said it himself post game, you know, 17th is a goal now. That is, that is the goal. They are looking to get into that 17th spot and they are going to need to scrap and fight to get there. What do you think? Yeah, they're just, they, like you said, they have to be absolutely kicking themselves. This was their chance to make up ground on safety, especially with the other relegation sides winning. Uh, just not good for them. Um, yeah. And honestly, as as we thought, wasn't a terrible game to watch. You no, know, it was very kinda, back and forth, very open. Yeah, so like good for them to be able to go out and play um, progressive, like advantageous soccer. <laughs> um, but I think uh, West Brom was the better team. They deserve the win. Uh, Matthias Pereira, they're saving grace, kind of. This guy is too good to be on West Brom. Uh, So I think if they stay up or go down, I think they better enjoy him for this season because 
I could see him at like a Newcastle next year or something like that. But uh, yeah, no solid win for West Brom and Sheffield got a lot of work to do if they want to stay up. Yeah, I think um, hate to say it, I think the Blades are slated to go down at this point. There's nothing you can do about it. They are they are cursed, and that is that is that. Um, next game on the weekend you got this one right I was feeling good I was feeling good going into the half baby I really was but then Ollie Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer had a stroke of master of masterpiece here the sub Edinson Cavani in for Mason Greenwood Dean Henderson in for David De Gea it's the magic you guys needed. Um, Southampton opened up the scoring with a nice header from Jan Badnerik. And then um, James Ward-Prowse banged in a beautiful free kick again. I mean, I don't know what this guy's free kick accuracy is in FIFA, but it, I'm feeling it should be like 90-plus at this point. He scored three Has now on the year. Like, it, it, like, fuck, like the club he played. <laughs> it should be. Like, look at what he's doing. Um, but then... Bruno Fernandez, peach of a cross from Edson Cavani. Like, wow, that was nice. And Bruno just bangs it home. Um, and then on the next goal, um, Bruno kind of like just – is this the header? Did he like chuck it across the face of the net? Uh, yeah, that was a shot that got deflected. It was and a shot Cavani. that got deflected, and he yeah. just came out of nowhere. Like – that meme of Homer Simpson throwing himself out the window, that that was Cavani going for that ball. And then he caught the winner. 3-2 United. How, 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 how do you feel after this result? Um, great. It was a win that United 100% deserved. I think um, just – and I'll start on like kind of defensive side of things for United – they outpressed one of the better pressing teams in the Premier League. They complete they won the ball back on fifty five percent of their presses compared to Southampton's thirty three percent. So good job there. Good job being press resistant, which United has had a huge trouble with in the past. Probably their biggest Achilles heel, not being able to get the ball out during the press. Um, but yeah, unfortunate to see. Uh, De Gea go down with an injury uh, hopefully he'll be ready for Wednesday Tellez also went down with an injury I just think he got hit in the balls but uh, we'll see hopefully he's ready too because Brandon Williams can't play anymore but um, <laughs> Cavani man the, the man of the hour just came on absolutely turned the game on his head should have had a hat trick if Marcus Rashford picked his head up and gave him the easiest Y pass in the world just to tap it in at the beginning of the second half. But um, he still got his, played really, really well. Uh, and fun fact, he already has more goals in the Premier League than Alexis Sanchez did for United. Oh, I thought you were going to say then then uh, Alabama Yang does, but Oh, that too. Cool. In 1,000 cool. less minutes, nonetheless. 1,000 yeah. less minutes than Aubameyang and more goals. Wow. That's... Uh, that's 
Those are stats for you. The the numbers don't lie. (laughs) They just simply don't. They are what they are. Yeah. One of these guys, uh, in order to pay his salary, they had to fire 55 team members. So, um, yeah, no, I wonder who that was. Cough, cough, (laughs) Arsenal. I wonder. Uh, (laughs) Imagine playing on Thanksgiving and uh, and being (laughs) in a situation like that, dude. Yeah. Couldn't be us. Never. I didn't even know they played on Thursdays. Um, Well, we got this game right. It was a plus money play, so cut the losses a little bit. The draw, Chelsea zero, Tottenham zero. Um, I think both teams had chances to win this game, but Spurs should be, uh, they should be happy with the way they played defensively. I think they put in a shift. Um, Chelsea, on the other hand, uh, Tammy Abraham's not good. Um, hopefully, Timo Werner can start playing down the middle and Pulisic can get in down the left. I feel like that'll make him better. That could have gave him the edge. But, um, you know, it, it seems like in all these huge games, if there's not a chance created early, as the game goes on, like the teams just start being more and more cautious because they, they just don't want to, they don't want to fuck up and lose the game. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. one hundred percent with that. It kind of felt like, uh, it kind of died down. There wasn't really many chances in the last, I would say 15 minutes other than the La Celso absolute boofery on the edge of the box. Um, Could have been the smashing grab. It really could have been and should have been. He had like four runners, like two people were back and he just like puts in a cross that I didn't even, I didn't even want to call it a cross. He just kind of hit the ball Mm. and it just went somewhere. But yeah, really good from Spurs. Well-deserved point. Um, Mourinho ball at its finest. Uh, They sat back. They let Chelsea kind of come at them. Chelsea was not venomous enough on their strikes in order to get a goal. Uh, like you said, Tammy Abraham is not it. He got injured in this game, so maybe uh, that does open up the door for Timo to play inside. Uh, I also don't think Timo Werner is it. So that's just personal opinion. Uh, but yeah, they got some. They got some uh, something to figure out up top. Their defense played really well. Um, Mendy, a couple of big saves again. Really proven to be a great signing. So. Because I do think if Kepa's in this game, they probably don't win or draw or get any no, types of point. And they're probably like right around Arsenal in the table right now. Yeah. So good, 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 good signing. Uh, Loris on the other other way played really well. Um, and just good shifts from Spurs all around. Really good shifts. Everyone played their part. Everyone did their job. Everyone was, excuse me, everyone was working really hard to, uh, to secure this point and they got what they deserved. Um, Mourinho's definitely has to be happy about it. Uh, this keeps Tottenham at the top. So yeah, title charge still on at the moment. Yeah. And, um, it was, it was good to see Mourinho post on Instagram just to reiterate what he said in the post-match as if we all don't flock to see what he says post-match anyway, you just need to give us another dose he he is happy because his locker room was not happy with just getting the draw. And that's a change in mentality for Spurs. And um, 
the and truer words have never been spoken. Yeah. If you if if you ask me any year besides this year, how Spurs feel about going to Stanford Bridge and getting a draw, they feel great about it. Now, it's not happy. It's not good enough. Josie is next to Vince Lombardi, Ric Flair, Sylvester Stallone in terms of inspirational power. Um, it, wow. I, I really think the title challenge is on for Tottenham. But um, as for what you said about Tino Werner, I think it's, I think it's malarkey. Um, he was offsides, but he, he scored a beautiful goal. Like it was, it was top class. It was top class. It was, it was top of the net. It was margin, thin margins for the pass from him. But um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like Tammy Abraham's really the problem. And if, because, you know, Pulisic, he can cut in a little bit. If, if him and Werner can work in a nice part, partnership, I feel like that will work better. But, you know, the, the baby Jesus is the answer at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. Timo Werner kind of reminds me of like the German. Gabriel Jesus. Wow. Um, no, I definitely yeah. think Timo can score better than Jesus, but I don't know. Jesus. Jesus they both miss chances. Some, they should yeah, score. They both and they chances. both score worldies. So okay. it's, I feel, um, all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and they're both fast. Um, yeah. Timo's probably slightly better at heading the ball, or at least I hope so. Um, yeah. Jesus um, only seems to be able to score like, from like a, a side angle because if he's in front of the net, he sets, heads the ball sideways anyway. So that reminds me of someone. Uh, who could that be? Um, <laughs> next game on the weekend, Arsenal won, Wolverhampton Wanderers two. We got this game exactly right because we know that there's something in the water at Arsenal and it ain't Michael's secret sauce. Um, but to start the game, a moment of silence for Raul Jimenez. Um, he saw Nate Robinson get knocked the fuck out this weekend. He said, hold my beer, buddy. Uh, he was asleep on the field. And then when they brought him all the way to the hospital in all seriousness, hope he's okay. Um, prayers up for Raul Jimenez, but David Luiz absolutely took a, took a piece out of his noggin. He was leaking and um, he only made it till halftime until he got taken off 10 minutes extra time. But in this first half, very eventful. Pedro Neto scored a almost FIFA cheese kind of goal, bounced around the goal a bunch of times, finally hits it home. Then not even three minutes later, the big Brazilian Gabriel scores a header to make it one, one. He's looking good in the box. He's dangerous. Um, but then Daniel Podence dances around Arsenal, slots at home in the 42nd minute, and that was really all she wrote. Wolves kind of sat back, let Arsenal have the possession, but they weren't really able to create any big chances in the second half. Those all came in the first half. And uh, once again, Arsenal lacking the creativity up front to get back into the game. Yeah, um, they... Arteta came into this team and uh, tried to fix what Emery couldn't, which was solidify the defense uh, to try and help out that really, that actually quite good attack that they had going forward last year and years past. But uh, 
what he was able to do was make the defense horrible while also uh, making the attack horrible and keeping the midfield pretty eh. So um, good mm-hmm. shout out to him right there. You know, always, always making changes, always doing what he needs to do. Um, but all jokes aside, yeah, hopefully Raul Jimenez is okay and he's good to go. Um, I think he did have surgery to repair his fractured skull. Um, he has a fractured skull? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I bet you feel like a dick for making that joke now. No, I don't. I stand <laughs> by it. Fuck right, David Luis for hurting him. Yeah, actually, though, um, that is that is very true. But hopefully he can come back soon uh, healthy. He's conscious. He's good. Possible says he'll live. That's always good. Um, but, yeah, Arsenal are just not good. And it's really starting to show. Like, mm-hmm. it's really starting to show that they are kind of a kick-and-pray type of team. Like, they hope that you play bad against them or they hope that they can have a master class at the back and just kind of really pray that they can nick one or two on a counter or on just something, just anything, because... They are lacking all sorts of creativity up top. And I would say it's going to come around to bite them, but it's currently biting them as uh, they are almost as close to the drop zone as they are to the top of the table right now at 14th. So uh, we'll see. By the end of next weekend, they could very well be in uh, 16th place. So... That's not good. You'll be you could be tied on points with Fulham if they pull off something against City. So that's <laughs> that's that's definitely not good for people in London. Uh, but good job, Wolves. Fought through some adversity. Uh, prayers up for Raul. And uh, yeah, just just on to the next for for Wolves with some good momentum. But Arsenal, uh, Arsenal. Yeah, and. Um... On a more serious note, uh, I, I feel like Wolves definitely got better when Raul Jimenez was replaced by Fabio Silva, hmm. the wonder kid. Um, you added another Portuguese element to the Portuguese national team playing in England, and I think it just meshed very well. Um, Raul Jimenez, you know, hope he gets better, but he was in a bit of bad form. And uh, for Arsenal, um, you look at what Unai Emery is doing over in Spain. He's he's in the middle of a title push. Got the draw against top of the league Sociedad this weekend. Um, Arsenal might be kicking themselves a little bit because Villarreal finished like eighth last year. So he's really turned that team around while Arteta has not really done his team around. Him, <laughs> yeah, turned it. Yeah, he turned his team around. <laughs> Then you know what? We don't need these goals. We're just gonna, I'm just gonna hope for clean sheets and a counterattack. <laughs> but um, the next game on the weekend, we were we were on the wrong wrong side of this. Oh my god, what what's happening, Leicester? Leicester won, Fulham two. Um, Adamola Lookman scores on the 30th minute, and then Bobby Reed wins a pen, and Fulham convert a pen. Cavalera on the 38th. Um, Leicester makes a number of changes at halftime. 
and a third in the 70th minute. They finally break through and score Harvey Barnes off a nice, nice cutback from Jamie Vardy. But um, it was way too little, way too late. Uh, Leicester had the majority of possession, almost 70%. But Fulham created four big chances opposed to Leicester's two. Fulham still managed to miss half of their big chances. Um, but Leicester missed all of their big chances. And uh, Fulham, Scott Parker's men get a huge result. They jumped out of the relegation fight. They're in 17th right now, a point out from the drop. Leicester dropped three big points. Um, right now they're sitting in fourth. But given that United and City both have a game in hand and their goal differential or points total would take them above, they're really looking like they're sitting in sixth. So not looking great for them. Um, what do you think? Yeah, um, not, not, not good from this Leicester side, a team that was a week ago in first place um just it's all kind of started to snowball on them after the uh, liverpool result but um on the positive side of things fulham looked better than they normally do um which isn't isn't really saying too much for fulham but uh you know they fought hard they played really well anthony robinson the best american in the world at the moment uh since he played yesterday or two days ago, um, played really well and just solid performances all around from them. Uh, they converted what they needed to, as you said, the two big chances missed, but they were still able to score too. So uh, improvements from Fulham on that front and Leicester, 16 shots, three on target. Just oh, yeah. that's, that's incredible. It's awesome, but uh, and only one more corner kick than Fulham, which is ridiculous when you're out shooting them and out possessing them like that, and you're not creating any chances. Kind of a game that they deserve to lose. I know they scored in the 86th, and then around the 93rd, they uh, there was a little bit of a ping ball moment and uh, just kind of bounced around in the box, but Fulham was able to get it out of there and clear, but um. Yeah, that's this is one hundred percent a game Leicester should not have dropped any points in if they're looking to be serious and not finish in fifth again. But uh Fulham, well done. Much, much needed, and this is really good for them because I'm sure at the beginning of the year when they looked at this fixture, it was not three points next to it. So this was a surprise for them, a very good surprise and a very bad one for Leicester. Yeah, very good for Fulham, very bad for Leicester. Um, next game on the weekend, we uh, we were on the wrong side of the result, but we gave some nice prop nuggets. We had the both teams to score, and you said uh, West Ham to score first, and both those happened. Um, Ogbana opened up the scoring quick in the second minute, and then... Not until the 25th, and Jack Grealish with a stroke of excellence again. He is he is way too good. Uh, makes it 1-1. Right quick, quick out of the second half. Jared Bowen, 46th minute, scores fast. Um, 
And then Aston Villa gets a penalty in the 74th. Ollie Watkins hits the woodwork, unfortunately. And he tries to make up for that late in the game. Some late game heroics. He slots it in the far post. No. Narrowly offsides. Um, Aston Villa should look at this like two or three points dropped. It's a it's a real shame that they didn't get anything out of this. But um, West Ham holds on to the three points. Good result by them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, good result for uh, West Ham. And on the Ollie Watkins disallowed goal in the 92nd minute. This was probably... <sighs> Uh, the worst, easily the worst VAR decision of this weekend, given how many there were, the penalties at Liverpool, the offsides. Um, but I think this is one of the worst of the season so far. Um, he was offsides because his arm was sticking forward and they called him offsides at the edge of his shirt, like on his sleeve. But I guarantee you, if he were to have scored with that part of his body, it would have been a handball. So I don't really think Aston Villa should feel hard done. I mean, they should have scored the penalty earlier. Uh, Ali should have, but they should definitely feel hard done. Jack Grealish, one of the best players in the world at the moment. He's a man on fire, just pulls, basically carrying this team on his back. Um, so another excellent outing from him. Uh, but West Ham and uh, Ben Rama coming on at halftime and making an immediate impact. Uh, that's what they signed him for. Uh, good job by him. But, uh, yeah, good point – or good three points, sorry, for West Ham. And I do think Aston Villa should feel hard done uh, by the officiating. But what are you going to do? can't change it and they definitely did have their chance to take the lead at one point or tie it up was it you had to tie it up so what are you gonna do you missed it you missed it yeah that was a good point about a penrama that was a beautiful cross he had uh, set up the second goal That that was just very nice immediate impact took up a good position on the left just picked out his guy um but that does it for the Premier League last weekend. We did it all right, but um, we we learned some lessons in there. There were some surprises. Uh, title races on. Some big boys dropping points. Some some big boys picking up big points. Um, we'll see. We'll see how they do going forward. But before that, we got some Champions League to go over. We we basically predicted the fuck out of this. Um, it's wild, but uh, there's some. This this is probably the last meaningful days of Champions League group stage for for most of the groups. Maybe not your group. United might have some work to do. That group might not be settled by the end of things. But in uh, in Group A, the standings are Bayern in first with twelve, Atletico with five, Moscow with three, Salzburg with one. Um. Moscow take on Salzburg. Last time out, they drew 2-2. You think Jesse March gets it done? I do think he gets it done. Um, huge game. Massive game for them because uh, a win 
puts them squarely in the conversation to get out of the group, which would be uh, looking at it at the beginning. That would be insane for them to get out of a group with Byron and Atletico in it. And uh, Locomotive is not a pushover either. So, um, yeah, no, definitely. I do think they can get it done. It's going to be a very tough game, but I have faith in them. I have faith in them. So hopefully they get it done, and I think they do. In order to get out of the group, um, that means Atletico would have to probably lose today, hopefully, because unless they get get in on goal differential, they can get a draw. But um, Bayern expected to rest some guys today. Um, Neuer expected to rest. Um, Lewandowski expected to rest. But Muller, Sané still play. Sule, Hernandez, the back line still intact. Um, what do you think? Um. That's going to be a tough one with all the people yeah. um, Byron might rest. But like you said, if they don't rest the entire 11, it's still Byron. It's still the best team in Europe. Uh, so I think they get it done. At the very least, they get a point. The very least. But uh, yeah, just it's going to be closer than I think uh, it normally would have been with a full strength 11. But we'll see. Because I do think. Uh, Luis Suarez is back for Atletico today. If no, he um, he's oh, not, he's not. No, no Suarez. Uh, uh, then yeah, Bayern, Bayern take it. Then that will one hundred percent shift my thinking. Uh, yeah, go Bayern. Yeah, um, I, I, it's definitely going to be close. Atletico in an eight-game unbeaten run in all comps. So, um, it's it, this is a big game for them. I like Simeone and his men. I hope they can get a result. But uh, it, Sane, if he plays, if just he plays, I think he's too good for Atletico to handle. Um, another big game, a game that Real Madrid lost last time out. They probably need to win this time out. Um, they play Shakhtar Dolotesk. If Shakhtar can get the win again, they uh, they will be even with them on points but definitely behind them on goal differential still so still some work to do but it is a big game Real Madrid gonna have Benzema back but still no Ramos um still no um Valverde who is really I think their best midfielder at this point but um what what do you think in Madrid can the Galacticos get it done um yeah I think they do um Picked them last week to beat Inter. Uh, now getting some pieces back. They'll only make them stronger. Uh, and they're definitely going to come out looking for revenge against the team that beat them last time out. So I think uh, everything swings in their favor, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I definitely do think uh, Madrid walk out of there with three points. And I, does that secure them? A win secures um, them, I think, right? Yes, a win, a win secures them going through. Yeah, so I think they'll definitely know that. And yeah. The Madrid are a Champions League side. So, yeah. Uh, I think yeah, they and they're, they're coming off a loss to Alves this weekend, too. So, um, it's hard to see them dropping multiple results in the same week. You know, I, I don't think they're that, that bad of a team. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, usually it's a blip, and then they rail off some good ones. Yeah. Next game on the weekend, though. Um, this is for 
Inter's Champions League life. They need Inter needs to hope that Real Madrid drops points and they need to win this game in order to make this thing interesting. But uh, if they lose here today, um, they they they're playing for Europa League yet again, and um, Gladbach is a good team. Inter has not really been in good form. They they beat Sassuolo three zero. That's a that's a really good result. Sassuolo is a good team. Um, they really need this win. And uh, fuck, I, I I think Conte and the men. I think they get this win. Um, I disagree. I uh, I think Gladbach takes this one because unlike uh, Bayern, they still have something to play for. A win here helps them uh, inch towards first place in the group. Uh, so definitely a lot still on the table for Gladbach and. If they were to lose and Madrid were to pick up points, it makes things a lot more murky at the top for them. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to take Gladbach. They're very exciting, hard team to play against no matter who you are. So I think uh, they show Conte's men levels and beat them pretty, pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I, I could see that as well because Gladbach have been the better team in the Champions League thus far, but I, I just want that drama up until the last day. Yeah. Um, but next game on the weekend, uh, City topped the group at 12, Porto 9, Olympiacos 3, Marseille 0. Um, barring some absolute miraculous smackdowns, Olympiacos hands out. Um, it looks like Porto and City are going through. This game is for first place, basically. So I don't think Pep is going to go full youngsters. I think we're still going to play, you know, just our, our B team, basically. You know, there'll be a Walker in there, you know, Ferran Torres. You know, I, you know it, it's not going to be going to be people you don't know. And for that reason, I think we get the win pretty easily. Yeah, no, I definitely think... Uh... City take this one pretty easily. They're the better team, even though Porto's not a bad side. But the group is all but done, and I think it'll finish the exact same way it is as it looks right now. So, yeah, City will win, and that'll be that. First place locked up. Second place will be almost locked up for Porto. And that's all she wrote. Yeah, um... Olympiacos beat Marseille last time out. Um, I think they'll do it again, but uh, who really knows or cares? I'm not going to touch this game. Um, I know, I know you you like you like your Greek team, so yeah. I think they win. I do think they win. They're in a pretty good form. They're in their last uh, to what is it? Ten games, I think, or nine, eight games. Uh, they've lost three of them, but the losses were Porto and twice at city. So not bad. uh, bad. And they've just beaten up on everyone else they played. So, uh, Mm. including Marseille. So I think they repeat that. And then this group will be basically done. All right. Um, next game, 
Atalanta versus Michelin. Uh, Liverpool tops this group with nine. Ajax in second with seven. Um, only ahead of Atalanta by one goal. And then Michelin has zero. Um, I think Atalanta definitely win, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, um, the more interesting game, though, Liverpool versus Ajax. And um, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I I smell... Maybe I smell an upset. Do I, I smell the Dutch nabbing three points from Liverpool. What do you think? I 100% agree. Um, I think by the end of this round of games, Liverpool will be in third. Uh, and, yeah, just – so we'll see. We'll see. It's going to shape up. Uh, I, do, I actually I don't have to win today. That will put them both to 10. Liverpool at nine, Michelin at zero. But Liverpool has Michelin in the final round, so you got to think that's a win. And one of Atalanta and Ajax will drop points. So I guess Liverpool is kind I don't want to say guaranteed to go through, but they're kind of like guaranteed to go through. Basically. Uh, yeah, which kind of sucks unless Michelin pulls out draw and Atalanta and Ajax draw after this week. But we'll see. Definitely by the end of today, though, I think Liverpool will be in third in this group. And uh, it'll it'll be something to look at. But yeah, uh, Atalanta and Ajax for me. All right. Yeah, Atalanta and Ajax for me as well. Um, next group. Uh Chelsea and Sevilla are through with 10 points. And uh, this first game, though, Europa League implications. Probably if somebody can win this game, that means they're through to it. Uh, Rennes versus Kronstadar. I, I like Rennes to, to, to get the win here. They have more talent. Watch out for Kamivinga. You know, Champions League nights are when the stars shine brightest. And uh, I think he's going to take his team through. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I could honestly see it ending in a draw and no one helping anyone out. Uh, just I, I really don't know. I my gut says this one's gonna end in a tie. So yeah, they tied last time out. So could could definitely be a tie. Um, the marquee game in that group though: Sevilla versus Chelsea. They tied last time out. It was Mendy's debut. Um, Sevilla, really good team. Chelsea looks like they're hitting a bit of form, but um, I think Sevilla, they're, they're similar to Spurs in that they work hard pressing the ball. They have good width from their fullbacks. Um, so it's, uh, I think, another tie for, for this game. Uh, I do too. And... If not, uh, Sevilla nab a late winner. Yeah, we can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, this group, though, a little interesting. Dortmund at the top with nine, Lazio eight, Bruges four, Zenit one. Um, yeah, this uh, th- this got some some big games here. But um, Dortmund and the boys, they, they dropped a really bad result over the weekend. They lost to Köln, shitty-ass team in Germany. 
So I, I think they're going to be angry and they're going to come out and they're going to beat Lazio down. I agree. I think they definitely have a strong bounce back from uh, that very bad outing. Uh, yeah, I think they win this one pretty handedly. And um, if they do that, that means Lazio would stay at eight. And if Club Bruges win against Senate, which they did last time out, and I think they're going to do this time out, they would have seven points and really have a shot to get out of the group. Um, I think they're younger. They're more talented. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Zenit with Bruges? Um, yeah, I do think uh, – what's the name of – Bruges takes it, especially knowing that they, if Dortmund wins, they control their destiny. So I think yeah. that'll be a, they want to try and keep themselves in it because it wouldn't be far-fetched to, they win this week, Dortmund wins, to go out and nick a positive result against Lazio and move on. So that's definitely what they're going to be looking at, I would think. But uh, yeah, they take this one. and uh, They got to improve that goal difference a little bit. So I would expect them to come out firing. Yeah, gotta gotta definitely work on that goal difference if they want a shot to overtake Lazio. Um, next game, though, the, the, unfortunately, this group looks like it's going to be all locked up before we get Messi versus Ronaldo. So we're probably not going to get Messi versus Ronaldo. Because Barcelona play Fan Charvos and Juventus play Dynamo Kiev. Um, both these teams won these last games against these clubs really, really comfortably. Um, and I think they're just going to do that again. They're going to take care of business and not have to worry about the last match day. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. It's going gonna, it's gonna to suck to not get Messi versus Ronaldo. But you know what's better? What's Conrad that? versus McKinney. Ooh, so, uh, yeah, that could happen. And, and throw a little bit of dust into the mix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so hopefully it gets wrapped up because I'd much rather see that personally. I mean, we've seen Messi versus Ronaldo thousands of times. So, uh, no, yeah, but all jokes aside, this, uh, this group is over. To a, a shame, but tis, tis the rules. Um, Next group, though, very interesting down in Group H. Manchester at the top currently with nine points. Right behind them is the team they're playing, PSG with six. Leipzig plays the men from Turkey. That's pretty much a guaranteed three points for Leipzig, and they will have six points from that. Um, So that would put Leipzig on nine, and if you guys lose, that would put Everyone. All three of you guys on nine. <laughs> and that's exactly what I think is going to happen um, because I just love the drama of the last Champions League match day. You got one eye on the pitch. You got one eye on the other game. Um, Leipzig, they're just better than Bezik Shahir. And uh, this is PSG's kitchen sink game. And um, as good as United have been playing, I do not think they're ready for PSG's sink that they're about to throw at them. Uh, I wholeheartedly disagree into the fact that United will beat PSG and Leipzig will beat uh, 
uh, the, the other guys, I don't want to pronounce that name, Bekshakir. Bekshakir. Yeah, the, who cares about them? They're done. They're dusted. Um, PSG, done, dusted. Uh, United will finish to this uh, round of fixtures on 12 and secure promotion. And my prophecy will remain true, as in they will finish top of the group. Um, and nothing would make me happier than seeing PSG, Neymar, Di Maria, Mbappe, Marquinhos playing on Thursdays in Kazakhstan. So, uh, yeah, let's let's make that happen. But I, all jokes and stuff um, aside, I do think United actually win. And because, like you said, the kitchen sink game for PSG. And what, what do United get at? Countering. So, kind of plays right into their hand. And 3 uh, 1 United. 3 1 United. Wow. Yeah, that, is, that is bold. That is bold. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like that's the end. Mbappe's gone. If if they lose, to be honest, <laughs> gone the summer. He, if they he lose. might force himself out in January after having to go to fucking yeah, like Asia or wherever. Basically, basically, um, that does it for the Champions League. Those are our predictions. Um, hopefully, there's some good games on the slate. You know, hopefully, not all the groups are settled by the last match day. Um, that uh. Now, now we got um some U.S. men's national team got the December camp roster. Um, you you gotta take it away on this one. Yeah. So, um, as most would have expected for a non-FIFA window, uh, mainly MLS side, there's one European-based player in C.J. Dos Santos, the goalie from Benfica. Um, then some pretty. The other goalies, David Ochoa and Bill Hamid, you would have expected to be there given the uh, options Per Holter had. On the defensive side of things, we have uh, some surprises in inclusions and exclusions. Uh, very happy to see Julian Arujo um, in there. Then you got the likes of Mark McKenzie. Huge for him. He hey. called up for the Philly Bull. Uh, but an exclusion is Reynolds from Dallas. Um, I don't really follow the MLS playoffs that much. So I don't know if Dallas is still in it or well, whoever's still in it. I don't think time. Dallas made is, is still in it. Okay. I don't think so. All right, yeah, then that the Reynolds exclusion is something that boggles my mind personally because he's someone who Pete or not. Oh, wait, me. he's on Dallas? Uh, yeah. No, they're still in it. They're in the oh. Okay, then that makes sense because uh, Juventus – are preparing a $6 million bid for him. Uh, so that is, I would have liked to see him come up, but uh, he can't obviously for reasons of uh, them still being in it. But uh, over to the midfield, Brendan Aronson gets his call up along with Frankie Amaya uh, and then Sebastian Lizette, Cole Bassett, and Colin Acosta round out the rest. But good to see Aronson get in there. Uh, hopefully he can make some noise. He'll probably start this game that they play against El Salvador and uh, make make a name for himself in a very, very deep position for the U.S. at attacking midfield. Um, a name that was left off 
again, don't know if they're still in it or not, but Caden Clark, he maybe he's too young. Maybe they don't have him in the picture yet. He's on the New York Red Bulls. Uh, Oh, no, they're out. Yeah, so that is a surprise inclusion. Maybe because he's still 17, but uh, I would have liked to see him. And then the real moneymaker that everyone wants to see, the forwards, Daryl DK, Ayo Akinola, Efren Alvarez, Georgie Milhajovic, and Chris Muller, and Paul Ariola. Uh, the excitement spot for this U.S. men's national team with Daryl DK, Chris Muller representing Orlando, two very young, very good attacking players. And probably my fate, I don't know, my favorite pick is Chris Muller, uh, but my favorite pick of uh, besides him is Efren Alvarez trying to steal him from Mexico. So um, that would be great if he likes what he does here and can uh, stay. He's a good talent, plays for the Galaxy. Um, chose Mexico when he was 14, I believe. So he's a little older now, obviously, but uh, good, to, good to see him in and hopefully we can change his mind. But um, yeah, any, any takes on what this roster has, what you would have liked to see, anything like that? I mean, I'm just super excited for, for two people in particular. Um, obviously, Brendan Harrison being from Philadelphia Union. Um, he's a big Sixers fan, so love him. Love him. He's getting his move to uh, Salisbury, going to play with Jesse Marsh. Maybe not play with Jesse March, actually, because he might be on his way to Dortmund by the end of the year. But um, who knows there? Uh, another name, Daryl DK, Chris Muller's partner. Um, he, he is a big, strong, physical lad. He's, if he can develop the technical side, you know, the nuance of making intelligent runs and holding the ball up in the box, um, I think he, he has all the tools to be really really talented guy and um that those are i've heard things about kellen acosta as well um i i think he's he's quality but uh other than that that uh those those are my thoughts on uh the american lads because i i really don't follow mls all that much i gave it a gander and gambling it wasn't a good gander so that's all it is yeah but um, yeah, I think uh, I think that'll do it for this U.S. briefing. The U.S. play El Salvador on December 9th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, in Inter Miami Stadium. So um, make sure to tune in that the game will probably be broadcast on ESPN. So uh, go, go watch the boys in red, white, and blue take on the boys in blue and white. Um, should be a should be a good one. Should be a team we beat down. Yeah, we should we should look to beat these guys down, especially if um, MLS wants to, you know, raise Not their profile a, a little bit. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even if it's MLS players, you should be beating El Salvador. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like you said, that does it for the U.S. men's national team. Um. You know, ne- next we're gonna we're gonna predict the Premier League games, but. Right before that, I just wanna I just wanna touch on some other European leagues, give some little shout outs. Barcelona, absolutely a shambles. They're in seventh right now. Real Madrid, 
they're hanging on to things. But Simeone and the men are right in the thick of a title challenge. Watch out for Atletico Madrid. They're gonna they're gonna want to keep that up. Over in Germany, same old story. Bayern's running away with it. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Nothing. Um Italy though. Very competitive. Milan and Inter, top of the table. Um, hopefully this is a year that Juventus doesn't win it, even though we got Weston McKinney over here, over there and Ronaldo over there. It would be nice to see some some parody in that league. But um and I, I don't I don't follow France really, but what do you no know? Problem. PSG's on top. Yeah. Same old shit. <laughs> and that's why I don't follow France. Um but any any teams any teams you, you following in the in the rest of Europe that you like? Um honestly, yeah, I do turn tune in for um every Werder Bremen game. A uh they as many people probably know, they uh, were almost relegated last year. They played in the relegation playoff in Germany, which is a little different, and I kind of like it compared to England. So they get the uh, the team that won Division Two, I think it is, or the team that came in third in Division Two, and then they play them against the bottom team mm. in the top division. And I think that's really good over two legs. It kind of I like it better than the playoff because. You see, are they like deserving to go up or not? Uh, but yeah, I'm just very excited for that Bremen team. They're keeping 11th. Big, big strides up for them. They're only five points off of a European spot. So uh, yeah. So um, yeah, just I watch them because uh, Josh Sargent mainly and Tate Jong. But uh, they're a fun team to watch when they get going. Yeah, I like. Um... I definitely like Bremen. The coach apparently said that he he can't imagine a starting lineup without Josh Sargent nowadays, and that's just yeah. like that's just like wonderful to hear. Amazing. Hope they hope they keep doing well. Um, but let's let's get on to uh, predicting the Premier League, the best league in the world, kicks off with two of the not best teams in the world but with one of the best players in the world against one of the best managers in the world, Jack Grealish and Aston Villa versus Steve Bruce and Newcastle United, the smash and grab bus park maestros versus probably the scrappiest team in the premier league. Um, this is going to be a game that Aston Villa look to win, but um, it's going to be hard for them to score goals. That being said, um, I think uh, if you want to take a side, I think the Aston Villa double chance is safe. I think they get at least a point. But um, I think under two and a half goals is definitely a good bet for this game. Um, Happened last night on nine meetings as well, I might add. Okay. Yeah, uh, I definitely take Villa, Jack Grealish, um, just money at the moment. I'd even probably gonna score. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my pick. I think they win pretty easily. Yep, um, that that's definitely. If if I had to lean one way or the other, it's just it's just recently I've been I've been 
eh, no, never mind. There's no value in the Villa draw. So definitely Aston Villa money line is what we're going with for the under two and a half. Um, next game on the weekend, Burnley versus Everton. Um, Burnley are still going to be licking their wounds from a 5-0. Everton looking to get back on track, and this is exactly the game to get back on track with. Um, Everton win this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they win. Minus 110. Wow. Right? I mean, hey, like they just lost that. They're, they're in bad form, so I guess like – but it's Burnley, so yeah. I don't know. Um, next game though, Man City versus Fulham. Man City is a minus nine hundred fifty money line with a minus two and a half spread. Which honestly, like, I don't know if they cover that, but I think the safe bet is Man City money line plus over one and a half goals because I think they'll win two zero, two one, or better. Um, you know. Fulham's not good. Uh, Leicester played bad, but we're we're not going to drop points to these to these clowns. Uh, yeah, nah. City win by it's like pick a number out of a hat, one to ten, and that's what <laughs> yeah. Um, next game on the weekend, big game. Um, Manchester United with a game in hand at ninth take on West Ham at fifth. Um, David Moyes was done wrong by his by this club. You guys threw him under the bus when really you didn't give him the necessary tools to succeed. That being said, um, assuming nothing crazy happens, like your team gets COVID or somebody dies, um, I, I think you guys win anyway. Um, yeah, David Moyes is a shit coach. His team played better when he was out with COVID. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, United should win this game. Uh, and, yeah, just, I don't know. Hopefully, yeah, like you said, if no one gets hurt, um, they're kind of battling injuries right now. And if Ali doesn't rotate the midfield, uh, they'll win. But if he wants to do something stupid like that and think he's think thinks that's not an idiotic idea, then they'll still win, but it'll be a lot closer. Yeah, um I I, I really do think United will win this game. Like that's what I believe in my heart. But it's like, you know, you never know. I could see them like drawing. I don't see them losing. So if if you wanted to take that on a double chance, you know, make it a bit safer, you can throw that together with the Man City money line and the Everton money line, and that's a nice plus one seventy one play for you right there. So um, I think that's that might be safer than the money line. But um, oh god, I hope you guys don't lose. I really hope you guys don't lose. It just yeah. I get so anxious betting on you every time. But um, it it is what it is. Next game on the weekend, it, though. The more I think they'll lose. Yeah, like it's, I don't know. It's like a United type game. Like it's, you're clearly better. You're clearly the better oh team. My God, especially but this team if is kind of tricky. Ugh. Especially if United wins tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. But I think you guys lose tomorrow and then you win. 
Well, we're not losing tomorrow, so. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, next so game for on bet the weekend. PSG. Stay for bet against PSG. Yeah, uh, I, I'm really press X to doubt there. Um, next game though, the the old versus the young, the 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 hot new commodity versus old reliable, a man who is who is fabled, who is legend in Argentina. Um, soon there may be a stadium in Italy named after Diego Maradona, rest in peace. But for right now, there is only one man in Argentina with a stadium named after him, and that's Marcelo Bielsa. And I apologize to Lord Bielsa for doubting him last week. Um, And I'm not going to make this mistake again this week. Leeds United are going to beat Chelsea. Masterclass inbound. They've had too many games where they shoot 20 plus shots with 10 plus on target, create four big chances, and they only score one goal. It's it's too much. Um, and Chelsea's defense have been too sturdy as of late, too damn sturdy. And it's not it's not it's not all better there. It's not all better. Leeds United are gonna pound them wave after wave after wave. And um they're gonna they're gonna get the win here. And you want to know what their odds are? Plus three seventy. Plus five hundred. So you close. You on the right track. But um, this is my upset special of the week. Bielsa's going to hand it to Fat Frank. What do you think? Um, as much as I'd love to agree, I don't agree. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, <I'm just> <laughs> that. that wasn't it. That wasn't it. Um, no, you're wrong. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think Pulisic will be back into the fold full time. Hopefully by then, unless he has a setback, because um, I think he'll get a few more minutes against Sevilla, maybe like half an hour ish, or maybe an hour if he starts. I don't think he starts though, and then that will be his coming back party. But um, I see this game being like a high scoring draw. So, 3-3, or if Leeds are going to continue their path of hitting post and all that jazz, I could see Chelsea 3-1 in a game that Leeds should have got points from. But sticking to my guns, high-scoring draw. Boom. All right, hey, when, when Fat Frank is crying post-game because he got beat down by the master, I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear nothing. I I'd, I'll be fine with that, but 1-1. 1-1. All right. Next game on the weekend, West Bromwich Albion take on Crystal Palace. Um, neither of these teams, I'm going to call it, are in any type of form. Um, they're both you know, losing more games than they're winning, than they're picking up points from. Um, is Roy Hutchin going to sit back on West Brom? Yes. Yes, they are. Um, and hopefully, I think Zaha will be back for this one. And because of that, I think Palace will get the win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Palace win. It's West Brom flash in the pan. Congrats. You beat Sheffield. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought when I said they beat Sheffield, 
I just thought to myself, so has every other team that's played them. <laughs> so has everybody. <laughs> but no, yeah, Palace win this game. Uh, I don't want to say easily, but like 2 nothing, 2-1, I could yeah. see. Maybe the under two and a half is in play in this game. I could smell it. I could smell it. Smell it. All right. Um, next game on the weekend. Speaking of the team that everybody has beat, Sheffield United take on Leicester City. Um, Eighteen points in fourth place to twenty points. No, to one point in twentieth place. That was oops. Um, it, I mean, hey. I'm I'm not gonna back off Leicester two weeks and like just because they lost to a really shitty team last week. I think they get it back on track here. Um, Leicester City win. Sheffield tie them. <gasps> this is the le- the classic Leicester snowball effect. One bad result, another bad result. Got to make it three, right? But uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I just think they're not in a good spot right now. They they very easily and probably will win this game. I'm just seeing a Sheffield United draw uh, because I, I I I can't explain it. I just you see it. You see I just, it. Yeah, I, I, I understand. That's that's just what I see with with Leeds. Like I just see it. I just see the BL suppress just overwhelming Fat Frank and his men. Yeah, I just see a couple lucky rebounds going in, or like a couple of shots hitting post, or like half of Leicester's team gets injured. I don't know, but uh, yeah, Sheffield walk out of there with a point in a low-scoring affair. Do you know what else I see? What I see, I see a Tottenham win against Arsenal. And subsequently, I see a Josie Mourinho Instagram post featuring Tangay Ndobele. I don't know how or why he's involved yet, but that is that is what I'm seeing right now. I'm seeing Tottenham winning comfortably at that and the shithousery that will ensue from a London derby um, from Josie beating Pep and then beating his disciple even worse. Um Tottenham get three points and they charge right on ahead in the in the title challenge. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Um, and your Endomble thing, uh, yeah, he's put in three straight in all competitions, ridiculously good, hardworking, under the radar game. So I could definitely see a little Jose praise after they smack Arsenal like four one or five one. Maybe put up a United six one. Um, but yeah, nah, Tottenham win and the grass is green. So that's all she wrote. Yeah. Um, speaking of Ndobele, you know who he kind of like reminds me of a little bit? Who? Like, um, a Paul Pogba on his day that actually like worked hard because some of these passes he's picking out, they're, they're Pogba-esque. Pogba's the way he can just slot him right over a defender, find those runners in behind. Yeah. So Pogba, that one game in his career in the World Cup final. Yes, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, 
Next game on the weekend, we got Liverpool at home to Wolverhampton Wanderers. And, um, I mean, Wolves haven't beat these guys since uh, FA Cup in 2019. And then again in the FA Cup in 2017. But in the Premier League, it's it's been since 2010. And you know what they call since 2010 in Portuguese? Too damn long. That's what they say. And um, <laughs> the, for that reason, Wolves are going to get a win. Wolves are going to get a win right here because uh, the Liverpool train is imploding. Um, Klopp's negativity is going to rub off on his players in the absolute worst way. And Nuno and the men, the, the Portuguese warriors, are going to get another win right here. Yeah, um, I actually agree that uh, the Wolves are going to – get a win here uh i i'm looking forward to seeing a var decision overturned and klopp ripping his hair out uh it's exploding his head explodes on the sideline yeah it's it's all setting up to be a just a tragedy of epic proportions with all the injuries milner's gone they're gonna start like probably four u23 players just I love it. And Wolves are going to love it even more when they walk out with three points, getting out of Anfield with the win. Especially if Liverpool tries to play the way they always play, they're going to be vulnerable to those balls in behind. And uh, really, I don't think there's a team better set up than Wolves to take advantage of long balls in behind. They They have fast runners everywhere up top. And Dendonka and Moutinho or Nevish, whichever pairing he goes with, they can all play very, very good diagonals. And Nelson Semedo seems to be coming into his own at Wolves. Um, you got to question Barcelona's player development. Um, I'm not complaining because, you know, Des is there now, but he, he looks to be like he was actually capable of being a good player and they just kind of ruined him. Yeah. 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 Um, no, uh, yeah. Next game on the weekend, we got <laughs> Brighton versus Southampton. Uh, do you think, I, I think Ralph and his men get the three points. Do you think the Hassan Hootle press can, can reward three points to them? Nah, Potter's silky seagulls walk out with three points. Uh, All right. I think Karma actually comes back to bite Southampton in this game. They get a red card. They get a red card. Yeah, there's going to be a red card for Southampton in this game. They are wow. Uh, quote me, clip this chat, do whatever you need to do. Southampton are the dirtiest team in the Premier League. What do they do to you? No, they just step on ankles. They never get carded for it. They just always come in late. They're a very dirty side, a very dirty side, and I think karma catches up with them, especially. Someone by the name of Romelu or Mero or whatever. Oh, okay. I know why you're mad. All right. No, two, two I like straight him. games. He's a dirty bastard. You need one of him. Two every, every team He's needs almost one of him. broken a United player's ankle. And every team, you need one of him. No. Did you see Van de Beek's ankle? Grapefruit. Yeah, look, 
Yeah. Grapefruit. And yeah. you know what happened? That was a late tackle. You also know what yes. happened? Nothing. Wasn't even a foul. So karma's coming back. He almost ended Greenwood's career. It's look, man. <sighs> having having the having the great power and responsibility to take penalties until you score is a is a double edged sword, my friend. And it comes with risks and rewards. Yeah. Get the ribbons out of the cupboard, as vintage would say. Get the ribbons out of yeah, I um it's crazy to think that, you know, there's a real chance now that the ribbons might be white at the end of the year. For who? For 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 for, for Spurs. Wow, it's it's actually crazy how I had no idea who you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that is so disrespectful. <laughs> I was like, who the hell? Yeah, who no. the hell? Oh my um, god. It's never gonna happen, but navy and white would look kinda good on a really shiny trophy. But um we'll never get to see it because Spurs are gonna Spurs. Dude. Um, it's Mourinho. inevitable. Mourinho. Even if even if they win the title this year. Let me ask you this. Is he the best manager of all time if he no, does this? He's the second best manager of all time. No, but that's the thing. Like he's won. He's got, he, now he's 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 had success. Like the typical success, like the the trebles, the the, the Premier Leagues, the Champions Leagues with the big clubs. But now you add that he has the Champions League with Porto, a club that has no business winning the Champions League, and now he's done it again with Spurs and the Premier League. If this if this happens, I think. Like, I think it becomes a conversation, right? Like right now, it's, there's you think it's no. Bron MJ. Like it's a conversation, but you know everybody kind of really knows. Like yeah, like right now it's like LeBron before he went to the Heat, or like right right after his first Heat title. Like this is but this, but this if he wins it is his Cavs moment. Yeah, this is like Cavs moment, LeBron. Okay, so then there's like an okay. actual conversation to be had, but right. I still think it's Fergie. All right. That's, hey, that's fair, you know. You know, um, trouble will never be topped in all likelihood. But uh, those are our predictions for the Premier League this weekend. We're gonna have a better, better week this weekend. Um, I feel it. Champions League. Let's hope we got some interesting games. And uh, as always, thanks everybody for listening. And we catch you next week on what we call a soccer show. Peace. Peace. Gotta hit the butt to make me focus. Lyrics flowing out like hocus pocus I don't even really need to talk this to focus I'm just trying to get rid of the locusts You know this